the best help I've found for feeling of being a fraud is to realize that pretty much everyone feels that way at some point. Neil Gaiman Welcome to Mac Thrive, a podcast where I want you to realize your full potential and become who you're supposed to be. What I truly believe is that every single person is good at something, but a great bunch of people don't success in finding that thing and often stop looking for it. So I want to help. The ultimate goal here is to give you clear guides and fundamentals that worked for me and I hope will work for you. However, I want that to be short and straight to the point because planting the seed is the most important thing. So let's jump right in. What's up everyone? Today's topic again quite close to me and the reason why is not because it's only about the thing that's valuable for me as well but I've been in so many conversations with people that I know, respect and in a way envy the skills and traits they have. It's literally painful for me to witness them undermining themselves for no reason. So that's why I wanted to stop a bit on that particular imposter syndrome topic that apparently catches a lot of us. And again, today, similar to some other previous episodes that I've recorded, you're going to hear me talking a bit about psychology since I've learned about it and how those things can be applied to any professional environment or people. So stay tuned. Just a bit of theory, but I don't think it will be super painful. Right, so imposter syndrome which is also known as imposter phenomenon or imposterism, is that psychological pattern in which the individual doubts their accomplishments, skills or abilities and has this persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud or imposter. So how do you recognize such a person? Basically, people with imposter syndrome often feel that they're undeserving of their success or position, attributing it to luck, timing, or the ability to deceive others into thinking they are more competent than they really believe themselves to be. And here's the tough part, because despite having evidence and proof of their competence, such as degrees, awards, positive feedback, or even financial proof, the individuals with imposter syndrome remain convinced that they are not truly skilled and that they will eventually be found out as frauds, which, as you can imagine, can lead to feelings of anxiety, stress, and most and foremost, self-doubt, which, in the short and long period, may limit personal and professional growth. What's also important, the imposter syndrome can affect people from multiple backgrounds, including students, professionals, and really high-achieving individuals, as you may call that objectively. The main point and harm that this syndrome gives is hindering oneself's confidence and personal growth or even willingness to develop as a person or a professional, right? And I bet a lot of you know somebody who to you seems to be like a genius and you're telling that person like, man, you're speaking so greatly and you have your great, I don't know, product, invention. Everybody would like to hire you or screw that, you should have your own company and these people are kind of denying everything what you're saying because to them, everything that seems to you unique and extremely highly valued for them is just either obvious or quote-unquote doesn't seem to be that much or enough. And there are a few techniques to fight with that imposter syndrome, but that's coming completely from me personally. I always like to find out about the other end of spectrum because on one hand, everybody who's intelligent and 
tries to deal with the people I've spoke about has quite an obvious answer. Meaning work more on your self-esteem and simply believe in yourself more, right? And these are the things that, again, at least for me, starts to crack a bit because I don't want to get too close to that, you know, self-help, self-motivation mambo-jumbo, which may doesn't have to but might lead to some kind of a delusion right <laughs> we don't want that as well and of course this other end of spectrum or delusion as we're saying has a name and a concept that can be considered opposite to imposter syndrome and this concept is called the dunning-kruger effect and this is a cognitive bias in which individuals with low ability or competence in a particular area overestimate their skills and knowledge and again the funny thing is that the reason of that is exactly the same as in the imposter syndrome because it also occurs because people with limited expertise often lack the self self-awareness to accurately evaluate their own capabilities. So in contrast to imposter syndrome, where competent individuals underestimate their abilities and fear being exposed as a fraud, people who experience the Dunning-Kruger effect have an inflated sense of confidence and believe they are more skilled than they actually are, which then leads to overconfidence, the poor decision-making, errors and lack of motivation to improve or seek feedback even. So both of those effects or syndrome highlight the importance of self-awareness and accurate self-assessment. And now it's time for a special observation for you guys. It's not coming from a literature, but while analyzing the topic and researching that and kind of refreshing that to myself, I thought about the situation where an individual who has this imposter syndrome tendency thinks that he or she is experiencing the Dunning-Kruger effect, meaning, nah, I can't do that many cool things and stuff and I must think about my skills and achievements way too high and I think I'm delusional. That's a tough case, right? But coming back to the research, there are some ways and techniques to fight with this imposter syndrome and I highly recommend checking them out and trying on yourself if you tend to undermine yourself or you're hearing a lot from the people from outside that you're worth way more than you think about yourself. So these six ways are first, documenting accomplishment, like a journal or a file of successes, achievements and positive feedback that you had. Second one is seeking external validation, even re by requesting feedback from supervisors, mentors and peers on your performance and abilities. Number three is to reflect on growth, meaning recognizing the progress you have made over time and acknowledging the effort, dedication and sacrifice it took to achieve the goals you've already achieved. Number four is creating a support network, meaning surrounding yourself with a supportive people who can provide encouragement, constructive feedback and share their own experiences with the imposter stuff. Number five, of course, is speaking with a professional, meaning, well, considering seeking therapy or counseling from a mental health professional. And number six is challenging yourself, which can give first the overcoming fear of the failure or being exposed as a fraud, which can ultimately build this self-confidence and resilience. Then, of course, this builds competence, gives additional perspective, and, which is super important, it gives something that's called normalization of failure, which means that challenging oneself can lead to failures, which in the end of the day can be a super valuable learning experiences. And over time, this helps to normalize the idea that everyone makes mistakes and encounters setbacks. And all these mentioned things are super valuable. I'm not undermining them and really think if anything works, then it works. But my main goal of this episode is to get rid of this 
motivational jargon, like, yeah, you gotta believe in yourself, try out new things, etc., etc. But what I want to give you is a non-emotional solution, at least the one that helps me a lot. And this solution is stacking the undeniable proof of your achievements. And to strengthen that point out, I will quote one of my favorite people in the internet, meaning Alex Hormozzi. And he said, you don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by having a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Outwork your self-doubt. End of quote. And at least to me, it's so freaking powerful. And I also think that's something that can help both sides of the topic that I'm talking about. So the imposter syndrome and Kruger-Dunning effect. Because when you do your best to be as objective as possible and kind of get out of your head and trying to be as less emotional as it can be, you get to this point where you can assess what are those real achievements and proofs of those achievements that you have like okay i have this certificate 95 percent of people that i know don't have this certificate and or even more than 95 percent. i have my degree bunch of professors exempt me some people failed i didn't and the more things on the paper you have and the more feedback you get especially from the people who are not your close ones and are not cheering you by default this gives that external reality check whether it's positive or negative and to wrap it up and come back to the first point and kind of do a summary of what we spoke about. As mentioned, I personally know a lot of people who underestimate themselves. So if there was like one main message out of this episode that you guys would remember would be A. If you feel kind of stubborn or stuck, please do open yourself up for the opportunities because they might really, really surprise you and refresh how highly valued you'd be in the environments you weren't aware of or weren't trying to get to. And B, when that surprising opportunity comes, move forward. Default aggressive, remember? Because the worst thing that can happen, you'll come back to the point where you're currently in, but very likely you'll open something completely new and exciting and in line with your goals, but just enhanced. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for joining and thank you for your time. Stay consistent. Peace.